Good afternoon. Congratulations on making it here in this weather. Every year, on the second Sunday of Lent, the Gospel for, provides us a story of the Transfiguration. And normally I would probably give you a homily of all the meaning behind the symbolism of Moses and Elijah and Jesus being together. Then conclude by offering possible answers to a variety of theological questions that are put forth. But this evening, I wonder if we could just spend some time looking at this gospel instead of focusing on the meaning and looking for answers. What if we just focused on the God encounter, which occurs at the end of the gospel story. For God appears in the form of a cloud, which casts a shadow over them. A cloud that, although frightens them, they still enter. Have you ever noticed how many of God encounters in the Bible involves a cloud that overshadows and obscures the light? It was an unknown 14th century writer who coined the term a cloud of unknowing, referring to our spiritual blindness, blindness that causes us to run into God when we least expect it and sometimes really don't even want it. Because darkness and unknowing and change is all a bit frightening. So no wonder we hear in the Bible so often, do not be afraid. But it's these types of encounters where lives are changed. It's these God encounters that break you open and rearrange what you think you knew and what you think you wanted in order to make room for what God has in mind. So let me share with you a few stories that have nothing to do with answers but more so with encounters. Stories like this gospel, which focus more on meeting than necessarily meaning. It was 2008 when an avid long-distance hiker, Trevor Thomas, completed a through-hike of the 2,000-mile Appalachian Trail. A grueling feat for most people, but more so for Trevor. For it was three years prior to that that a rare and incurable eye disease took his eyesight away. Trevor was literally and physically thrown into darkness. His future plans erased, plunged into the cloud of unknowing. Unknowing on where God was and unsure how he was going to exist in a world that was designed for all of us who can see. Not knowing what to do, he encountered others who faced the same challenges. And he listened to their stories, and in time began to venture outward. It didn't take long before he immersed himself into the sport of long-distance hiking. As of today, some 14 years later, after his first through-hike of the Appalachian Trail, Trevor has hiked over 22,000 miles through some of the most rugged trails in the United States. Now, also an inspirational speaker, he was recently interviewed about his journey. And throughout the interview, there was no sense of him even caring why he went blind or searching for answers or blaming God about his rare condition. It was all about the people that he encountered, that he met along the way. People whose present help, presence helped lead him through his darkness. 
for Trevor, wasn't about looking for answers. It was about meeting and engaging with others. It was about how he continues to step outside his comfort zone and continue to push boundaries and provide hope to those afflicted with disabilities, inspiring others to do the same. Or in other words, reassuring others that actually the unknowing, the overshadowing dark cloud before you, is actually something that can be embraced. Today, Trevor will tell you that once he embraced the darkness, he appreciated things in a much, much different way. A few years back, Father Richard Rohr was in town for some speaking engagements. So he went into New York City for a visit of the day, and it was there that he made his first visit to the 9-11 Memorial at the site of where the Twin Towers once stood. And for those of you who have been there, you know that there are two huge, large waterfalls, each of them one acre square, located where the North and the South Towers once stood. Water flows underneath the bronze plates containing the names of the 3,000 some odd people who died. And it drops into a pool and then drops down again into the darkness of the lower pool whose bottom you can't see. Upon looking at that, Richard turned to me and said, what an incredible metaphor for God. Mercy eternally pouring into darkness and filling an empty space. Water always falls and pools up at the very lowest and darkest places, just like mercy does. And mercy is just grace in action. And lastly, this past week, my brother-in-law died in his sleep in his nursing home that's cared for him over these past years. 67 years ago, Vincent was born oxygen-deprived, lived a life with mental and physical disabilities. For the past six years, he lost the use of his legs and most use of his arms. Many did not want to be bothered to take the time to look past Vincent's disabilities and thus chose to just ignore him. But that never stopped him in looking through you and with you and in you. And while Vincent was physically and emotionally disabled, when it came to love, he had the capacity to be very able. The magic of Vincent was his innate ability to merge together grace, love, and laughter, even in the darkness of his life. Being in the season of Lent, his life gave me reason to pause and to believe in some respect. I think Vincent had an advantage over most, if not all of us. See, he only had the capacity to live his true self. See, Lent's a 40-day season where we're called to spend time to remember what's real. It's a time to open our eyes on how numb we've become with our obsessions and addictions in our lives. It's time to remember who we really are in Christ. It's a time to examine the cracks and the wounds and the darkness in each of our lives and to allow the light of Christ to heal us and to shine forth from those cracks and onto others. Peter, James, and John 
They were all frightened, yet they entered the darkness that was before them. So what about you and I? How will we spend the rest of our Lent? Certainly nothing wrong with giving up our favorite fruit or performing works of mercy and increasing our almsgiving. But what about the shadows in our lives? The ones we never want to touch or go near? The same place where the brilliant light of God is waiting for you and I? A place where we can experience the waterfall of God's mercy and love? So I invite you to take the time and courage to enter into the darkness and that cloud of unknowing in your life. For it will be a place where you'll find a God who will fill your cracks with grace, who will heal your wounds with mercy, who will fill your emptiness with compassion, and who will certainly bring his light into the darkest of your places. A God encounter that will change your life forever if you allow it.